0: Welcome back everyone to week eight of our PA High School Football Report podcast. I'm Nebby Asides here with my high school sports editor, Brian Lender. Brian, how are you feeling this week? Man, Nebby, I'm feeling good.
1: You know, it's another week. We're still here. Pan Live still hasn't canceled us, and uh, we're still talking football, my man.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, talk to me about some so, of the, the games you enjoyed last week.
1: You know, i I, I, I look all around the state, Nebby, and I look for big-time performances and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I look just like last week, we had a bunch of great quarterback performances um, just locally. You know, we're here in Harrisburg for people who, who don't know. Max Mosey from Central Dolphin, you know, he he's not committed, Nebbie. He's got one or two offers. Mm. Uh, I think Sacred Heart may be one of them or St. Francis. But, you know, he goes down to and He has 454 yards, 259 pass, 195 rush and six touchdowns. Wow. He's a guy I think school should probably want to look at. There's a kid, Robert Footman at Columbia. You know, Columbia is not necessarily a football powerhouse, right, Nebby? But um, that kid's been putting up huge numbers all year. 359 yards last week total, six touchdowns, and it went over Anvil, Coloma. He's a guy who, again, I think people are going to really want to be looking at mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and just pay attention to. And then, you know, you look at the running backs right Jaheim White's a kid from York. York is a team that you know I know Coach Russell Stoner and those guys they're kind of angling you know to trying to stake a claim to be the best one of the one of the best teams in the state. Mm-hmm. And their only loss this year is they got roughed up pretty good by Governor Mifflin, but a lot of schools are. Mm-hmm. But Jaheem White went out last week for them that be again Southwestern. He ran for 415 yards and seven touchdowns. That's and a he's a kid with yeah he's a kid with some big college offers. Um or some college attention. He's gonna he's gonna keep getting that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, there's some names to remember Quentin Martin Now that Bel Vernon, another young guy, had another really good game. He's a great athlete. He's, he's a nationally ranked kid. We haven't talked a lot about him. Um, but Quentin Martin's a a kid who you're gonna see, I think, the Penn States and pits of the world really doing battle for here in the next two, two years or so. I think he's a twenty-four kid. And Marquise Williams, another big game for him. Stone Saunders, Bishop McDevitt, Marquise Williams and Stone Saunders. Stone Saunders threw seven touchdowns. Guy's a freshman, Nebby.
0: He's a freshman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And and that game that I covered two or three weeks ago when they played Lower Dolphin, Stone threw like four touchdowns in just two quarters. So he and Marquise are definitely going to be the biggest things talked about in the area for the next at least Two years because what well, Marquise is still a sophomore in Stone is a freshman. So
1: and it's not dinks and dunks. Like, you know, people think freshmen they, they didn't always have like the biggest arms. So he could sling it, he could put it out there.
0: Right. I had the pleasure of covering uh, Chambersburg and Central Dolphin East. Um, and Lance Dean's club bounced back after a loss upset to Harrisburg. Marcel McDaniels had a big game, man. He ran for over 200 yards, I believe exactly at 25 yards. Um, he surpassed 1,000 yards on the season. Uh, Tamir Thornton also scored twice for CD East. Quarterback Terrence Jackson-Copney, he threw two touchdown passes. And Penn State commit Makai Flowers was everywhere, defensively and offensively. Um, in that third quarter, to seal the deal for them, he had, you know, he opened the, first, the the opening minutes with three catches for over 80 yards and got them all the way downfield, set up his running back to score before he had finally exited the game. So, a lot of great performances we saw here last week. Go ahead. There's
1: some sleepers there you mentioned.
0: Tamir Thornton.
1: Right. He's a big kid, right? 6'5". I don't think he has a lot of offers, but I think he's a guy at some schools. I mean, you get a 6'5 guy who can run a little bit and catch the ball. Now, Marcel, he's not the biggest guy, right? But he's been putting up big numbers. We, we did a story on him, Nebu, where he was actually a linebacker last year um, when Lance Dean came on as a new coach, he kind of just told him he played offense and said, and got put over there and it's worked out nicely for him.
0: So it has. He, he plays yeah. with a lot of heart too. He's not a big guy, like you mentioned, but when he runs, he's scrappy. He's tough, you
1: know, um, Anytime a guy's putting up numbers like that in the, the mid Commonwealth, you know, I think, you know, he's worth a look for people though.
0: Right. know, Agreed. Agreed. But Brian, I'm excited for this week's guest. I know, like like I said before, I'm always excited for all the guests we have on here, and we have a lot of great talks. But this week's guest is someone who I know personally, who you've gotten to know personally, and someone who's been a mentor to me and a father figure for a lot of kids growing up in the Harrisburg School District. You want to go ahead and tell them who we're going to get here on the phone, on the podcast with us?
1: Yeah, man. So we're going to have Terrence Parsons on here. That's Michael Parsons' dad. Michael Parsons has been one of the big stars for America's team. Harrisburg's son got the key to the city. Yeah. Twelfth overall pick. You know, Tanner says I know he's been out to a few of the games. And he's a longtime Cowboys fan. So I'm excited to have him on and kind of shed some light into Micah's background, how he kind of came through and also um just how they're feeling now and what it's been like for this ride. And also I know you you have some insight just about some things he does in the community. So I yeah. think it's a good he's a good guess, man.
0: Definitely. I think this is big. Let's go on and get him on here with us. back folks to week eight of our PA High School Football Report podcast. I'm Nebby Assize here with my high school editor Brian Linder and this week we have another very special guest joining us. Brian do you want to do the pleasure of introducing who he is? Yeah Nebby uh, we got Terrence Parsons,
1: Micah Parsons dad. Uh, you know I've been doing this 21 years now. 38 man I've been doing this since I was 17 and you know Micah's the the best player that I think I've ever covered best athlete probably i've ever covered and i've covered a lot of good ones um and i got to know terrence and 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 the family pretty well over that time so uh you know i think it i think it's good to especially all the successes having to have terrence on and, and talk about a little bit of that so pretty excited to have him
0: on me as well
2: thanks pleasure to be here
0: uh before we get into it uh brian I know every week I talk about how excited I am to have these guests on, but this week I'm extremely excited because Parsons is someone in the community that all the youngins look up to. You know, he was uh, he he's been knowing me since about the age of 12 years old. Um, was working at the high school that I graduated from, Harrisburg High School, Tech Campus. So I've had the pleasure of knowing him very well throughout the years, and he's done a lot for me and a lot of the youth in the community. So let's dig into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well. Terrence, I mean, first of all, man, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize and, and probably more so do now than they did before. But, you know, long before we ever thought about Michael being a professional football player, I know you were a Dallas Cowboys fan. And, uh, and now here your son is. He's a Dallas Cowboy. You know, and he had a Thursday night game, kick it off against Tom Brady. which played Monday night football week three. And he's been the talk of Dallas, man. You know, I, I talked to some of those beat writers out there a good bit. Um, you know, Dallas Morning News and all. And he's, your son's been the star, one of the big stars of America's team, man. What has this been like, Terrence, to see all this unfold, the way it's unfolded uh, for Micah these first few weeks?
2: It's everything sort of amazing, you know. I mean, just to be the witness, my son living his dream is everything in itself. Like, I mean, I love football. I wasn't a football player. Like I always say, when he was in the backyard training, like, you got to do this. This was something he said he wanted to do. We signed him up, and the rest was history. You know, somebody made a post on Facebook, and I was just like, you all finally get to see God's son play on earth. And I say that with a meaning because, again, like, he started going to camps, maybe 11th grade, 10th, a little bit, but, like, it was never no camps, never no extra training just him going out there doing what he want to do. And like I said, for him, he just loves the game. Like, you don't meet too many players that just love the game. Like, it doesn't matter. If they tell him next week we need to go play safety, I got you. Go play corner. It doesn't matter. As long as he's on the field, he's going to give you 100%. And you people, you, you don't meet too many kids like that. You know, kids get stuck on, this is what I am, this is what I want to play. Okay, well, this ain't home for You got to be a team player. He's a team player. You know, he's going to give you the best he got every play. Will he make a mistake? He definitely will. They all will. But he's still giving you 100% every play. You could have never
1: dreamed of being a Cowboys fan that not only will your son be on the team, but he's legitimately been a star of the team and and maybe the best, you know, defensive rookie, maybe one of the best defensive players in the league so far. How much of that, that's got to be so surreal, Right.
2: Yeah, it still, it still doesn't, you know what I mean? Been to a couple games, you know, watching it on TV. It still felt like a dream, you know? I remember when we talked about it, when he was training, we went out to California. He was like, you know, I'm going to be a cowboy. This was like back in October of 2020. And I was like, yeah, right. He's like, no, he said, it was written. said, just think about it. He said, I ended up being a Cougar. You was a Cougar. Ended up going to your favorite college team. I'm going to go to Cowboys. It was written. So when I sit back and I think about like, this was even before he was even thought about being born. You know, a lot of people, some people know, but I used to go to a church called Faith Temple Church of God in Christ, Mother Hall. And at that time, I just had my son, which my wife at the time was praying with my daughter and she had prophesied and said, all your kids is going to be great. You just got to, you know, do the right thing. So, when I sit back, like I don't go to church every day, but when I sit back and think about what she said, and I see what's going on right now, you know that prophecy was real. You know what I mean? My oldest son was good; he just he got a couple bad breaks. Then my daughter had the opportunity to go overseas. Now she want to do other things. And Then now Micah, he's living his dream. And like I said, I never been there on them type of levels, cause mom never. You know what I mean? So everything was brand new. But just think about that prophecy. And it wasn't always easy. There was some struggles going through with everybody, but they all reached their end goal. You know, they got college degrees. You know, so it's definitely been a blessing.
0: I, Brian, I just want to take a moment real quick to acknowledge something because you know, Big Parsons right here. He he's very humble and very modest. Um, I want to touch on a point of you was talking about. You know, you never took him to for extra training or you know, um, spent extra extra days out with him on the field. I remember you had this conversation with me my senior year of high school before I graduated. And, you know, you were telling me about the success Micah's been having on the field. And you were like, listen, I don't even want to take any credit with with that because I'm not one of those dads who went out there and, you know, set up the cones and everything and said, Micah, do this, Micah, do that. It was a God-given talent. But to watch, you know, you ever since I was a kid, you know, picking up Micah, taking him to practice, Shatera, his older sister, you know, (laughs) you, you don't give yourself the credit that you deserve. But me personally, from the outside looking in, I give a lot of Micah's success and credit to you because you definitely made sure that they got to where they needed to get to. So I appreciate you for that.
2: I appreciate that. You know,
1: how's Micah handling it? It seems, you know, when you see the interviews, you know, he's Micah, he's always been good in front of the cameras and it seems like he's shining out there. Um, How much have you got a chance to talk to him and, and how much is he soaking this up and enjoying this moment right now? I mean, he's a,
2: He's just living life, you know. He's still learning the process. We don't get to talk as much, you know. He got a lot going on. i try not to, you know, bug him too much, you know, when he get an opportunity. It definitely feels a little different, though. You know, we used to talking a little bit more and more, but now it's real now. So, like, conversations is a little bit less because, you know, long day at the office, we want to go home and rest. Then might have his son, you know, think of other things. Then you got obligations that wasn't really scheduled, you know, he's doing good. He may have to go to a dinner over here, maybe an endorsement over here. So his time is real limited. So when I do get a text back or he texts me, you know, I'll be happy, you know, let me know. He's still living. Everything's going good out there for him. But I'm just happy for him because like I said, this was his dream. And to see him living his dream, is everything sort of amazing. Who would ever thought? You know,
1: everybody sees the success, right? Um, but we can go back to high school, and you and I have talked about this before. Um, for whatever reason, Mike, I had his his share of naysayers coming up through high school. For all the talent in the world, people would say, oh, he's not going to make it and stuff like that now. I know that you saw a lot of that, too. And it's got to be so special for you to
2: see this kid prove those people wrong. Well, it really wasn't about, like, proving them wrong, like, I think what it was is, again, he had a God-given talent. So he didn't have to work hard. So a lot of people, they frowned on that, you know. And I think sometimes they held him back a little bit because he didn't work hard, but it came easy. Now, again, I'm not a coach. I got my own beliefs. I felt like when before the transfer, if he'd have got opportunities on the offensive end, I think that team might have went a little bit further. I think they might have won a state title. They didn't use his full ability. At least got to a state title game, you know. But for whatever reason, maybe because he was lazy, he didn't work hard. Yeah, he's just gonna play defense. Um, I guess you tell his mom in the stands. Hey, at least he's playing. If he wasn't playing, we could great. But he's playing. Was he a running back? He definitely was. He was. He was built to do whatever he wanted to. Do. That was. That was just. He was built for it. You know, everything he did, he always ended somewhere near the top no matter what the training was. So, you know, again, he really, I think his work ethic really started that winter at Penn State. Personally for me, I think that's when it started. Because, you know, he never told me, but his mom said, you know, three days in, he's ready to come home. But I knew, I used to tell him, he used to get mad, and I'm like, listen, son, usually you're ready for, you know, top five football. I said, you know, you're a little bit lazy. I said, you might want to go D two. We may get away with that if you're good. They're gonna find you. It don't matter. And if you see across the board, you see guys that went to smaller D ones, Division one, double A, and they still made it to the league. So if that's your destination, it's gonna come. It doesn't mean because you went to a top school. Because I know a lot of fire starts that went to a top Division one program. They may have never seen it, seen the playing field. You know, I think that was a shell shock for him. You know, then he was late for me, and he had some extras. That they might have been for two weeks. That second one, they was like, hey, don't give him the usual. We don't want to lose him. You know what I mean? Because that was a lot for a kid who just graduated high school early. But he developed a, why am I here? And his why is what you see right now. You know? So again, I try to tell these kids, I don't care how good you are. If you don't got a good mental mindset, you're not going to make it. Because everything's not going to go your way. And I felt like, he saw so much through high school and just a little bit in the college. By the time spring game came, he was locked in. You know? Yeah.
1: You know, Nebby, I, I used to call, I, I called Micah the, the Bo Jackson of Harrisburg because everything did come some natural to him. You know, if you ever seen Bo, he was this amazing athlete, but think, he could do anything, right? And I felt like Micah was the same way. You know, if he ran track, he can make state track if he, you know, he would come off the football field, right. Tomahawk, Duncan, like, you know, without any basketball practice. Right. Um, and people don't know, Michael was a legitimately exceptional running back. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he could do it and, and, and everybody's so surprised Terrence that how he was able to move from linebacker to defensive end when Dallas needed them to. But he was a tremendous defensive end. You know, I covered guys like Daquan Bowers, who's the number one prospect in the nation as a defensive lineman and one in the Gersky at Clemson. And Michael was a better defensive end than him in high school. So everything just – everything did come natural to Michael. But I, I don't think – Terrence, I, don't, I think you're a little tough on him, man. I, You know, I never got the feeling watching him play that he was necessarily lazy. Um, in fact, you know, my wife went to one of the games and she said it was child abuse for Harrisburg because she said he never came off the field. It was like 100 degrees out on Severance and Michael's kicking off. He's playing defense. Then he's playing offense. He's returning to kicks. You know, he never came off the field.
2: So oh, he, it, it, it was something to see. Oh, yeah. No, listen. When I say late, I'm talking about, like, practice. Like, everybody knows star status. You know, star who did the videotaping. If you watch the one documentary <laughs> when he did the whole Cougars and everything, then that was his senior year. If you watch it, you see everybody in the weight room.
1: But mm. Michael Parsons. <laughs>
2: Brought that whole video. He's on the video, but you never see no clips of him actually working out. Not saying he didn't, but I'm pretty sure if he was working out, he'd got that clip in there. Mm. You know, he found a way to ease out, you know. And I told Cal Mike, I used to tell um, Coach Mack, hey, you know, don't play. If he ain't give you 100%, don't play. Because, you know, again, I've seen it over the years where Kids don't really give a hundred percent. But once you get that name, it's about the win. And that's through a lot of programs. Right. You know, like I said, when I first started coaching, I ain't gonna lie, if a kid had a D or an F or they was good, because I always coach girls. I'm letting them play because I was trying to win. Then I saw Coach Carter. Mm-hmm. The movie changed my whole philosophy. Like I thanked that man. And then I actually got a chance to meet him two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like he don't even know what he did for me. Like I don't want to win that bad. If you can't win in the classroom, you can't show me you can win on the court. You know, that's big for me. And we've seen it. We've seen kids that's been great. They can start every game. They got all types of stats. Now it's time to go to school. Ain't no offers on the table. Oh, we got to go to back door. We got to go to Juco. Or oh, we got to go over here. Nah. Make them earn that. Earn it now so they can win later. I got coach volleyball. You know, I get my girls in high school. We ain't going to win too many games. We may win two to three games a year. But guess what? The academics be on point, but they don't play. And then they all go to college. They may not play volleyball, but they graduate college. I got a lot of college graduates. See, those are the numbers I like to talk about. Now, I don't. I didn't say I got them in the school, but I teach them how to win after school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I got a good pre average of my girls that play volleyball who came through that's walking around with degrees now.
0: Right. I want to chime in on that. The, really I don't mean to cut you off parts. I'm gonna chime in on right. that because you know, growing up in the Harrisburg School District, I didn't see you do it all, you know, girls basketball coach for the freshman, um, girls volleyball coach, um, you know, just actively involved in school events, homecomings, whatever the case may be. But what is it that like pushed you to do those types of things? Like, what is it that, you know, you were like, okay, I'm going to, I'm to do this for these girls. Like, what was your, your, your drive, your goal for doing that?
2: Oh, my drive. I think it comes from, I had a great childhood, but my mom and dad always worked. So I played sports. Now when I played little league, yeah, my dad was a coach. My mom worked in a concession stand. But like as I got older, like middle school type, like they had to work so they wasn't at my game. So, you know, I always felt a certain type of way. You know, I'd rather had less clothes to have them at my game. And I remember I got to a an altercation on my bus, and my dad said, yeah, you, you got to get off the team. I was like, man, like, I told the coach, he said, I can't play. So the coach called and said, listen, look at the opportunity. We got one game left. Just come see him play. Just come see him play. That's probably one of my best freshman games against McDevitt, you know, at like 16 points. Like, I went off, like, Mom and dad was in the stands. That was big for me. So, my kids play sports. You know, everybody talking about sacrifices. So, for me at the time, I was driving a tractor trailer. And he said, You'll be home every weekend. I'm like, Cool. Because I get to see my kids perform. But this one weekend, I didn't make it home. And I put my two weeks in because I didn't want a job where I was going to miss out. Because I know what it's like to not have nobody in the stands. It's not a good feeling. You got other people cheering you on, but when your mom and dad's in the stand, it's a different feeling. You turn up different, you know. And in the beginning, you know, my ex-wife, she was into the church heavy. So games on Sunday, she wasn't worried about it. And I was like, man, listen. I said, God's not going to hurt you if you're missing it to go see your sons play. I said, man, just come one Sunday. And that one Sunday she came, both my sons. Mike always turned up, but my oldest son, like, he turned up. Mom was in the stands. Like they know, Dad's gonna be there. Mom's different. You know, moms usually ain't athletes. They usually don't worry about sports. Mom's in the stands. I gotta. I wanna. I want Mom to be proud of me. You know, from that day four, she started coming, and there it was like, it was setting there If you in them stands, even if I miss, if you in them stands, I know they don't give hundred percent. You know, like they say, mama's boy, Daddy's girl." That's that be real. Mom's in the stands. You know what I mean? So. For these girls, they don't be I, – I, I like to be the other parent. I'm not their parent, but I know if they look at me as a father figure, they're going to give me 100%. Mm-hmm. If they don't, are we going to argue sometimes? Yeah, we're going to argue. We ain't going to get along all the time But they know I care outside the fact. You know, like right, like the girls just, just said. oh, we know you ain't coaching. They say, I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. And the one girl in inbox, we said, Coach as you know, if you don't coach next year, that'd be crazy because I've been with you since seventh grade. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to give it up. But when I hear it, i would be like, man, like, if I don't come back, then you might not play. Like, you know, I'm trying to find replacements, but it's it's hard. And I put so much work into the program from off-season workouts to summer league. Like, it's hard to let it go. Like, I take a lesser role somebody, but I don't want nobody to take over to go back to you just want the little paycheck, you only coach them during the season, no off-season, nah. You need all that. If you want to get better, if we ever get a middle school program, because we got athletes, but we need that middle school program. So when they get to high school, they got them two to three years already in instead of getting it in ninth, 10th, and 11th grade.
1: You talk a lot about grades, and I think you downplay a little bit when you, you know, when you talk about being vindicated in a little bit with with through Micah. Um, one of the things that when we talk pre-draft, that really struck me was how emotional you became when you just talked about him getting that college degree. Right. And there were people there too. who tried to say, Oh, Michael, never do that. You know, um, again, my experiences with him have been almost all positive. I I can't think of a negative. I've always found Michael to be an intelligent uh, kid, probably more intelligent than people gave him credit for a lot of times, man. How special was it? For him to get that college degree and and I know you posted about it too. Um how much did that mean to, to you and your family?
2: I mean it, it meant a lot like I still get emotional about it because he wasn't always a, a good academic kid. Mm. I was an honorable kid but I never walked that stage in college. So to see one of my sons at a big time school and graduate in three years, that's big for me. That was a promise, though, like when we was going on the trips, we looking at three and four years. And he just kept it. He said, Dad, listen, I'm only trying to do three years. I'm trying to go to the league. And I was like, well, I need you to get that degree. So we always ask every school, hey, what's your plan? They said, we got a three-year and four-year plan. Three, you got to go school year round. And he dedicated himself. He graduated in three years. Then he went to the league. So regardless if he do good or whatever, he got that degree. They can't take it away from me. So for all the naysayers and everything, he got a Penn State degree in criminology. You know what I mean? Like, that's big for me and for the family because he's my first son to graduate from college. My daughter was the first one. So for me to have two out of three kids graduate, that's not the norm. When you come from a household that's not already set. But then they got to go for free. So, like, when people talk about finances, I may not see it directly. But look how much money we saved because they went to school and we didn't have to pay anything. So, that was a blessing right there. So, yeah, I'm always going to be emotional when I know they graduated college. Yeah. No, that's
1: that's just big. Yeah, Navi, he didn't tear up when he was talking about him getting drafted. You know, he teared up when he was talking about college and, and getting a degree, and I thought that was powerful um, because, you know, that just shows what that means to you guys.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you definitely watch dude, dudes like myself, Hashim McIntyre, God rest his soul, that just passed away recently, Jahai Proctor, Chris Whitaker. We all love uh, gravitating towards you because of what you've done for the community and for kids in the inner city. Um, And so I guess my question to you is, like, what 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 makes you want to give back like why is it that you do the things that you do you know um I'm talking about Brian we had these school lunches right and we'd always be hungry because you know the portions weren't big enough for us and parks would always go in the back and get us more sandwiches or more chips and make sure we were straight give us waters Gatorades whatever the case may be and I thank you for all of that but what is it that what what is it that instilled that in you and why is it that you do the things for the, the kids in the community that you do
2: I watched a lot of kids. <laughs> Not me. Like we talk about Michael being the best cooler. I'm like, nah. Maybe most valuable because I seen some great athletes, but they didn't know. When you don't know, it's hard to really chase your dreams. Like this journey was big because I got to meet people. Like if I didn't meet all these people he might not be where he's at right now. You no, know, even after high school, like, LeVar Arrington, he was a blessing, like, heaven sent. You know, and what he told me was, like, the reason why I gravitated to Mike because Michael reminded him of himself. Because like I said, it was a lot of good linebackers after LeVar, but what made him, like, hype my son up? And when he told me, he's like, I just want to help you. If you don't want my help, just let me know. I was like, nah, like. You've been where you're trying to go. Why would I turn you down? You know, I appreciate it. So, when he was out in California, that was the second father, you know, and he always just said, Hey, I hope you ain't offended. Now, I don't be offended because you're doing something that I can't do? I've never been there. So, I only can help but to a certain point. Sometimes you gotta let somebody come in and help you out. You know, and with this generation now, like, it's hard for parents to let somebody else come in and help because they think they got a turn of goals. You just gotta watch but sometimes it's okay to open up and let somebody help you like i said i see all these kids now that come back like man PARS, yeah man listen sometimes we put too much faith into a coach you know sometimes parents gotta do the work and gotta go out and do our homework you know but if nobody tell us that we just sit back and think the coach is supposed to do everything so, you know, like I said, I to tell these parents, you know, got to do the work. You got to make these calls. You got to do the homework, just like your child. If not, you send your child up.
1: So, look how this turns out, right? I mean, your son is now out in Dallas, and he's been one of the talk of America's team, one of the guys who's been talked about the most. You know, Prescott's playing. The whole team's playing out of their mind right now. Um, he's not the only star by any means, but he's been, you know, pretty well talked about. But, I, you know, and people in Dallas are in love with it, right? But I don't know that they realize where Micah came from, right? And what he, you know, the story we did, and, and I think one of the big themes in the story we did before the draft was just how much he means to Harrisburg. Um, and, like, you read some of the things like Yamir Wilkerson said about him, right? That's got to be pretty special to you because you talk about that and, and, and trying to bring and lift kids up, right? And your son is now a shining light for a lot of these kids. How much have you thought about that? How much have you seen that and experienced that since this draft? And how special is that?
2: Oh, yeah, I see it a lot, you know. You know, just talking to kids, you know, they're like, oh, you make a part of that? Yeah, but, you know, this is what you got doing. Like, when he was here, like, he, he went up to the little league games. Like, they know him. They seen as they were to touch him. Like, you know, growing up when dudes was like that, they weren't able to come around. You know, they – stay off like they're bigger than everything else but he doesn't do that and like even when he's out in Dallas for the Monday night game when he came out to the game like he loves the kids so like everybody want autograph if you was a kid he signed if you was an adult he probably walked right past you it was about the kids you know he's really into the kids there's no disrespect I just I watch how he move when it comes to kids like you don't tell the kids no like he he sees that he could be an inspiration and he wants that. So I, I like that a lot.
0: I wonder where he got that from.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I just I, I think that's important for any Dallas fans, you know, who might listen to this. As big of a star as he is out there, uh he he's just as big a star in Harrisburg, but he, he has so, so much of a bigger meaning, I think. And right. So much more of a value to the community right now.
0: Right. Um, and, and, and such a personable person, you know, Micah, to know Micah know a goofy, funny, outgoing person. But you know, to watch his growth over the years from high school to going to Penn State and to now playing in the league, you definitely seen him shift from a boy to a man. And a lot of that credit goes to Terrence Parsons. Um, big parts. this is something we do um every week on our podcast before we close out. Um We ask, you know, what kind of motivational message would you leave for the youth, for the five-star recruits throughout Central PA listening to this podcast as to how Micah got to where he's at? What kind of positive, inspirational message would you leave for them to look up to?
2: Um, Don't read your own press. Continue to work hard and do good in school because, again, like even with the five-star rankings, going to some of these camps, I'd be like, this guy really a five-star. It's all about networking. You know, if I'm a former NFL player and I'm coaching, I may have one five-star because I'm a big time I'm known. I might get this in six other guys and hopefully they put on to earn that. You see what I'm saying? Everybody there. So it's definitely a who knows who world. So I tell people, get out. Get outside of your home element. If you get trained outside of PA, train. If you hit a camp, train because you're not competing with just Pennsylvania for these scholarships. You can be against the world. You know what I mean? And what better way is to get out there and compete against them to see what you bring into the table? And if you're short, come back home and work on it. It's easy to be the big dog in your, in your home. But when you go over here, you ain't the big dog. You got to work. And I've seen it. I seen kids who were dominant around here. You get out here to these other camps where there's some names out here. All of a sudden, they fold because mm-hmm. they never faced adversity. But again, Michael used to wrestle. He was winning around here. You know, Cole Nye, no Buck Nye saw me at Cumberland I Said, "Hey, listen, you got to take your son out of the state. There's nobody in his weight class. He's going to learn from. He has to leave. He went out to Ohio. His first match, boom, he lost." I said, oh, wow. I said, don't worry about it. This is what we're here for. Turned back around, the rest of the same dude later on for third place. He stuck even Penton Took third place. He said, Dad, we got to come back. I'm going to win it next year. We came back. He won it. But again, he wasn't wrestling just PA kids. He was wrestling me from all over. Then we start going to Jersey, Tennessee. Again, it's about building yourself out outside of your area. Again, if you're not willing to go outside and learn and build, you're just, you're, just going, you're just going to be average. You're going to go out to school, be average, leave school, all oh, the coach didn't like me. No, because you never face nothing. Once you realize you're the biggest dog in the room, it's time to go to another room. And that's Micah's mentality. I want to win. Yeah, I want to make every play if I can. You know? And again, his energy to always want to do good, it applies pressure to other people. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Even if you make him say, he still give him 100%. It means I, mean, I got to give him 100%. If not, they're going to look at me differently. So the energy in the room changes, you know, and I like that mentality, you know. So, again, you got to go out there and get it. How they said you got to get used to being, if you, how they said, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. The unit where you at. Mm-hmm. Diamonds form under pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of our kids, we, we, we when that pressure gets on, they really, you know, again, for him, even growing up, they used to call him Clark Kent. Yeah. He Clark Kent at practice. He's Superman on Saturdays. You know, he turns it on. He loves the bright lights. Even through college, the biggest games, he put up the biggest numbers for himself. Now the NFL... Every game's a big game, so he tries to put up numbers. You know, players.
1: Well, I think good news for you is your Cowboys got it right. Yeah, you guys might break that playoff drought, my man. <laughs> Looking good.
2: You know, round one make the playoffs. You know, I like to. I, I at least want to get to the NFC Championship game. I ain't talking Super Bowl, but at least the NFC Championship game. We just can't wow. make the playoffs and then lose. You no. Know? You gotta get a win or two.
1: Well, you got a quarterback, and you got Trayvon Diggs, and you got Micah, and, and and a whole Ezekiel, and a whole list of other people. So it's looking good, man.
0: Yeah,
1: well, big parts.
2: Definitely, they do
0: have coming on this episode with us. And thank you for the million dollars worth of game at the end.
2: Oh, uh, thanks for having me.
0: No doubt. Brian that was week eight of our podcast we had Terrence Parsons on here Michael's father what are your thoughts man
1: yeah you know so when we started this podcast we talked about wanting to bring you know star players from around the state on here and have them tell their stories this was a unique opportunity just from our relationship with Terrence Parsons and to talk about you know maybe give some insight into one of the best players probably to ever come out of Pennsylvania right? I mean, he's. You know, I've been doing this 21 years from South Carolina to Florida to Pennsylvania, and, and Micah is one of the best athletes, that pro- probably the best athlete I've ever covered. Um, so, and I think there were some interesting things he said there, and, and, and he picked up on a lot um, uh, about Micah, and who he is. So, for local fans, for high school football fans of Pennsylvania, I think there's a lot there. I think there's some good advice there, too. And for Dallas Cowboys fans, I think there's some interesting stuff here, too, right, Nubby? Certainly. Um, just sure. about the mental makeup for that guy, right?
0: What do you think? You know... My gratitude for a guy like Terrence Parsons runs deep because a lot of my friends can attest to this as well. We've always viewed him as like an uncle, a mentor, and a father figure in the Harrisburg School District. You know, we used to joke around and say, you know, hey, Pars, you like the security guard slash lunch lady slash cross guard because we went this high, uh, high school downtown. You know, he always made sure everyone was good. When it came time for our homecoming parades, I remember my freshman year, I won a freshman homecoming representative. You know, he's driving the rental cars for us on, on a high school football field. But you know, Parson is just Parsons is just a huge community advocate, someone that's very selfless, as you could tell from talking with him. He doesn't even take a lot of the credit for Micah's success for his daughter Shatera's success that she's had in basketball. Um, he's always been like a all about the kids type of guy. And I appreciate that about him because his humility has taught me a lot. Just like he said, Coach Carter opened his eyes up to a lot of things. Um, He's one of those guys in the community who helped me want to become, you know, someone that gives back in the future when I do get on that pedestal. So I definitely appreciate having him come on this week and talk to us about Micah, but also about the reason why he does the things he does for the kids in the community.
1: All right, man. Well, that's another week, Nebby. Um, You know, again – we got some big games coming up this weekend. We'll have some more. You know, we'll have another good player on here next week. Um, more stories
0: to tell, my man. Until then, tell them what to do, Neby. I can't wait, Brian. Be sure to subscribe to PenLive.com for all of our exclusive content. See you next week, folks.